Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, as well as Relentless, who has the spiciest takes, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. And hello, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Lazero, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, uh, one who I think you've been on the show once before. Uh, Tom, how's it going, Tom? Good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> great intro, great intro. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm just going to bring Tom on here. and We're going to talk some Rocket League. Uh, s- sounds good. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Uh, At least that's yes. what you said anyways. This this is where I hit you with like non Rocket League questions. No, I, I'm sure the uh, the listeners wouldn't like that. Uh, no, there, there's a couple of things that I've kind of been curious about, and I thought that uh, yeah, that it'd be a good day to maybe I want to I want to rack your brain a little bit, dig in there a little bit, uh, see what you think of these different things. So I've kind of I'm going to ask you a question. All right, it's going to repeat three times. I think by the second time you'll understand where uh, kind of which way which way we're going. But I want to start with this particular question. All right. I want you, you know, looking back now, as someone for me who obviously joined the Rocket League scene about, what, two and a half years ago, I want you to tell me, all right, what you thought of the game and the Rocket League scene at the very beginning. So five years ago now, what did you think of, of the game in particular and and of this scene? Huh. <laughs> uh, I mean... From the minute I saw the game, I thought it was one of the best video games that was ever created. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of something that is a video game that is competitive, that has unlimited potential, I mean, that seemed to have unlimited potential, I was very excited. Like, I grew up very competitive. I love sports. I love video games. Uh, and it was just a lovely combination of both. So I was very excited about... Um, the video game and Mm -hmm. in terms of the scene like it was there was nothing you know um fortunately a little bit because i i think i think sometimes especially there's a lot of players joining now with free to play uh some i know there's a couple of uh players joining in about a year or two ago what what was the scene like five years ago because i i'm honestly genuinely curious (laughs) uh well so right off the bat like there there was you know imagine rocket league without sunless con or without musty <laughs> or you know any there was there was no significant online creator presence that was like the the go-to person you know there was no like ninja with fortnite there was no sunless con with rocket league it was just this wild wild west of like what is going on and how are things going to form but there was a mm-hmm. solid group of people outside of you know the pros and all of the sart bc players that knew this game had a ton of potential both content wise and just in terms of like a professional scene mm-hmm. and uh rocket league central was like the the genesis of that they were the ones that really you know started off throwing community tournaments and community games and 
I mean, Cloud Fuel and his team, um, D Pants and CJ and James Bott, and I mean, all the casters, the original like casters that you saw on those events or that you saw on like season one of RLC or excuse me, RLCS all came from like RLC stuff, except for, well, I mean, even findable carpet who isn't on the show anymore, um, was, he did some work with RLC, but he had his own thing as well. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really purely community driven. Like 100%, it was just like a community game um, because Psyonix had no idea what they were doing with the professional side of it. Because I don't think Psyonix ever had intention. They didn't know what they were getting themselves into. You know, like <laughs> sometimes, you know, I I don't know that Mark Zuckerberg knew that he was building, maybe he did know that he was building, you know, like a $100 billion company when he stole Facebook. <laughs> from from those other guys at Harvard, but uh, the the Winklevoss twins. Uh, not that anybody knows who they are, but anyways, you know I don't I don't know that Psionics completely knew how much this would blow up because SARBC was so such a small community. Like they didn't even mm-hmm. really have servers. It was player to player. Like a player hosted a server. And then you would connect to the other player. It wouldn't be like you just queue randomly and then you get put in a game. You had to like go on their server list and find a spot that was open. Um, so it was a very different experience. And and so just nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, you know, I started a podcast very early on called Epic Ariel. And one of the devs caught wind of that um, podcast and enjoyed it. And so he actually connected me with cloud fuel and all those are rocket league central guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like one of the, so one of the first like really consistent tournaments was ESL, which was every Sunday for NA and me and my host for Epic Ariel roguish elf casted a couple of the first, um, ESL tournaments. And that was like an all day all day kind of thing. And when Rocket League was released, I didn't have a PS4. I didn't have a PC. Um, so I bought a PlayStation 4 so I could play Rocket League. And then when I was casting those tournaments, I was casting it from, like I would connect to the call on an <laughs> airport, or excuse me, a MacBook Air, 11-inch oh. MacBook Air. And then I was in Rocket League on my PS4. It was a mess. <laughs> it was it was just a complete mess for me. But, you know, you got to do said, what you got to do. I will say, I, one thing that I have noticed in communities or esports that do succeed is that it starts off as a community thing, right? There has to be an interest or, or a building kind of rising interest in the idea of having tournaments that comes from the community itself. I think one of the uh, biggest or I guess most I mean, I guess it's still fairly successful, but when you kind of think about it, the the only esport that has ever tried to build an esports from the ground up before, you know, thinking about whether or not this game would survive, uh, you know, keep the popularity five years later was probably Overwatch, right? You take a look at Overwatch and it's it's the idea that essentially from the beginning, from the get-go, there was this very heavy esports push and they want to model it after all these things. 
Um, but the esports that kind of become successful and it kind of seems like they have to start with that grassroots community and then and then maybe the developers join in at some point. Uh, I think if it's the other way around, it's kind of tough because, well, if there is no community, uh, you can't just create one out of thin air, right? So even if you start putting on these crazy tournaments, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a lot of people that watch them. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, and it it really depends on the game, though. I mean, I guess, you know, like, I think one of the biggest examples for me would be at least more recent examples, the most recent example is Valorant, like Mm -hmm. Valorant backed by, you know, created by Riot. You can assume that they were, as they were creating this game, a competitive game, they're thinking we're going to have a professional scene. We're going to have a competitive scene. Like with Rocket League, it's an unknown game coming from a extremely small developer that's just kind of flying by the seam of their pants. But Riot is, you know, the backbone of the competitive gaming industry. They already have esports in-house. They already have, you know, tons of developers. They have people that have gone through something like this. You mm-hmm. know, if there were an indie vel- developer to come along with this amazing game, yeah, the esport might take a little bit of time to get off the ground. Um and start in a community-based thing, but something like Valorant, unless the game just sucks, right? Like mm-hmm. if Valorant sucked and wasn't fun <laughs> to play, then the then the esport would not be where it is right now. But Valorant is fun. It's engaging to watch, I guess, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess it really just, in in my opinion, the way I would look at it is, is there's kind of, it really depends on the developer and how well they can handle it. Because again, Psionics, it took them five years, but look at RLCSX. Like it is some of the best esports programming I've ever experienced. Like there's always something to watch. It's always really well produced. And look mm-hmm. at all the things that they're doing along with the community, like CRL, the goals for change, the um women's carball championship, like all that stuff. Psionics is knocking it out of the park. And if they were a bunch of poo faces and just like didn't get their stuff together, then Rocket League would die. Mm-hmm. I feel like it maybe not die, but it wouldn't be where it is right now. You know, they probably would not have been purchased by Epic. And I feel like that has really pushed them a long way. I would completely agree. Um, and I think this is one of those things that we can't discount the work, I guess, in the last five years to kind of create this professional broadcast and all, all the trial and error and everything that's kind of led all the way up. And to be fair, I mean, even look, looking back a couple of years ago, it was already at a pretty high quality, but now it's just everything seems so, I, I don't know, like professional, right? It's, they know what they're doing. To put it. Yeah. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, think about when they announced that they were purchased by Epic. <laughs> I think about all the fits that were thrown and Rocket League is going to die. This game is done. I'm never playing this game again. But like, come on, give me a break. Now we have like average over a million players on the game. And I think if the game one was never purchased by by Epic and two uh, never went free to play, um, I think there's a very real, real possibility that in two or three years from now, right? 
um, if that if neither of those things had happened, uh, that we would be in a pretty dire spot, right? Maybe not dire, but we would we would not be uh, a game or an esport that would be expanding, right? Uh, at the very most, we'd be an esport that would kind of hold on to whatever the player base was at the time. Uh, I think anyone who looks at the per- like the the Epic game per- Epic Games purchase along with the free to play move uh negatively is kind of not seeing the big picture as in this is literally what has now made Rocket League a tier 1 esport right this is the big uh kind of shift uh into into superstardom of esports i guess is, is one way to put it uh and on this note actually tom i did want to get to my second question in in this row of 3 all right and i want you to to know cuz you're someone who was here at the very beginning 5 years ago 2 years ago before you started the uh, the um, Chasing Grand Champ podcast, how did you feel about the game then? Because that's a very interesting period. I kind of came into that period and the game was fresh to me, uh, shall we say, right after that. But what was it like where where this kind of, you know, the, the esports kind of starting to grow, um, but there are a lot of those original content creators that I felt at that time had begun to move on from the game. So how did you feel uh, it, kind of two years ago uh, about the game? I mean, I would, I've always felt good about this game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've loved this game from the get-go. And like, the game has been good. You know, it's, it's like basketball or football or any major sport to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a quality game. And people move, and Here's here's the thing. Like I know that I've been inconsistent with the podcast. I've been inconsistent with content creation, and I've been grumpy about Rocket League. But at the end of the day, like Rocket <laughs> League is a beautiful game, and it's been me that's created issues in my own head, or you know, in my own personal self for reasons that I've wanted to quit or had to move on or or done something else. It's never been the game, mm-hmm. um, and you know life happens and things happen where people make decisions and things look different. But at the end of the day, the game is still a phenomenal game. And I've felt that way the entire time that it's been out. And sure, like sometimes things that happen with psionics are a little bit frustrating and you'd like to have more information or you'd like to hear more from them. And like, again, this game is going to be six years old this year from a company that really like was not expecting to learn how to deal with all of this. Like (laughs) I don't think they're given enough credit for the idea that they were learning as they were going. Mm. It was a, it was a lot to happen all at once, you know, running a company where you have, who knows how many people were playing SARP at one time, like let's say definitely less than a hundred to having 300,000 people on at a time and having all those opinions and Twitter feeds like being thrown at you at once. I mean, I, I could not, I, I feel like the most stressful job at psionics has to be the rocket league community manager on Twitter. <laughs> Whoever runs that social account, I pity them so much. Like no matter what good things that they have to say, it's like give me a titanium white octane. Like <laughs> why can't I get this car? I can't connect. 
Servers are so bad. Fix your cert. Like, it's just never good enough. And it's tough because, like, I I think a general representation of our scene, right? And I think we've definitely seen it. Is there's a lot of great and friendly people. Oh uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we also have a lot of impatient, um, much growing to do people as well. <laughs> that's, that's everything, though, right? And you. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you if you want to generalize a community or anything by what you see on the internet. And it's of course what you look for. Like there are plenty of good things happening on Twitter for rocket league. And if you go to the wrong places or spend your time looking at the wrong things, then yeah, I would think this community is awful too. And I know different. Well, I know well, different. And then I'd uh, play another rank game, you know, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, but no, I mean, I, I think, I think there's also a differentiation that I think there May, maybe because I'm older, maybe I guess it just really depends on my mood, but I can usually make, um, I don't know. I think there's like, someone says something, it's like, okay, maybe they're just angry. You know what I mean? Like maybe they just had a bad day. I, I try to make that, uh, that leap. I don't know if it always succeeds, but, uh, that's kind of the way I feel about it now. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we're, I feel, I mean, I think we're both in accordance that, uh, I kind of asked you about five years, two years ago, rock league now I think is in the best place it's ever been. Um, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I feel like there is sky's the limit is kind of where we're at in Rocket League now. Yeah, I'm I I mean, I really enjoy Rocket League. I think I mean, I don't necessarily know that it matters to me that much like uh, it doesn't matter how the scene is doing or anything. It's just like I still enjoy the game. So it really doesn't. No, Is that what I, you're saying? No. Um, okay. <laughs> I like, okay, so this season is going until August. Oh, okay. So just just that like th- this rocket pass is going to be around for 120 days. Like that's mm-hmm. a pretty long time for me um, just because I enjoy like seeing different things come into my inventory uh, in terms of like getting different items. Um, but that's, you know, a very minor complaint like that at the end of the day, that's not really that big of a deal. Um, I will say though, I do, I do feel like there's a new, you get reinvigorated every time there's a new season. uh, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I was saying this on my stream, uh, the other day, like, a new season is like New Year's Eve every single time around. Like you see those tweets of like, oh, I'm going to rank up this season or I'm going to get better this season. I'm going to get up to this rank this season. Like, why didn't you do it last season? Like, what's the difference? <laughs> like, what are you doing? What are you going to do now that's different? And how long is that actually going to last? Um, it's great that you bring this up because this is actually something I did want to talk about. Uh, uh, season three ranked uh, changes. Have you, have you played some ranked in this season? I have. Yeah, a little bit. I'm um, <laughs> I'm champ one again right now in threes, but that's all I've done. Uh, I'm just saying that because of the fact that um, there there's this feeling from the community right now that it feels like the ranked they've they've kind of readjusted the the space again. So a couple of players have moved slightly up. Um, if I were to make an analogy, all right, I felt season one and and like this is obviously uh, anecdotal. Um, but I felt season one and two were probably some of the hardest seasons where I saw no movement whatsoever. Um, but season three kind of feels like season 14 ranked. 
So like I feel like for season one and two, I had to readjust my expectation for certain ranks and how people play at certain ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm almost I feel with whatever changes they've done, because I think they made a slightly bigger space. I almost feel like we're now back to me understanding the ranks as they were in season 14. But that's completely a theory. So uh, feel free to disagree with me on that. But at least for me, that's that's kind of how it plays out. Um, I personally just hit uh, champ three for the first time. Right. Which I'm very happy with. Um, And I actually I will say it's definitely a higher level play than what I had last season. So I don't know if I just happen to get a little bit lucky and that, or at least I'm kind of playing in a style that works for my current rank. I think that's another big thing that I realize is every, every time we do a little bump up in MMR, there's like a new expectation of what people can and can't do. And you kind of have to adjust. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, how, how do you kind of, I mean, I guess, I guess you're also training a lot more, right? I, I think that's, you've kind of making a new approach where you're, uh, you're a little less focused on on kind of games per day, which which can be a, a never ending trap, right? Uh, my well, analogy yeah, to that certainly. to that is the uh, the carrot, right? Uh, if you're if you're a bunny on a, bunny on a treadmill, I guess it's horse uh, on a treadmill. There's a carrot in front of you, but you're never going to oh, reach like it. Like right? a carrot on a stick. Carrot on a stick. There it is. Uh, so uh, that's kind of what I feel sometimes happens uh, when you get caught up in just playing ranked. Is is you're you're just chasing the carrot, the next rank, and sometimes just by doing that chase, uh, never ending, uh, you're actually not letting yourself progress. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what's kind of your your Rocket League uh, training right now, or, or play, or or what have you? Your your approach to the game currently. Wow. So that was a lot. Um, Sorry, I tried we- to make it succinct at the end because I realized <laughs> I'd lost the question like five times over. Before yeah. So you're, you were initially talking about like all the seasons and I I would say Once that you do, I, yeah, let's, see, let's start with that. <laughs> so I don't know if you were around for the original season three, but. Is there a like, meme now that season three, both season threes are the same now? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Because they made like grand champ extremely easy to get in season three of the mm-hmm. original season three for season three V one. And so now, you know, with this season three, they made another announcement that it's, they've lowered the ranks again. So it's just kind of ironic that they've done this twice for both season threes. Um, but overall, I, I don't know because there's just so many players, players are a lot better. Um, It'll be intriguing to see like how it all irons out. And I haven't seen the distribution for season two. I was actually Mm -hmm. really happy with how things were in season one and season two, um, even though it felt more difficult because Mm -hmm. like it's it's the best of the best. Like at the the way that I look at it is you get what you deserve. And because you know that they've just lowered the barrier to entry and you have a higher rank, do you really, should you really feel that much better about yourself purely because you're a higher rank, but nothing has really changed? Mm -hmm. Like you're not any, especially if it's right now, somebody out there might be practicing over the past week and a half and has improved and is going up in rank. But if you don't practice and you don't train and you finish the season and hop right into the next one and you're a higher rank, do you really have anything to feel better about? Like, no, mm. you, you were handed a better rank because 
psionics didn't like how they were all laid out. So I mean, that, that, yeah, so that's that's I guess the tough thing for me. For instance, right? Because I'm I'm just saying I hit champ three for the first time, right? Um, and I had hit champ two, like I was I was in that champ two range in season two, right? But it felt after the reset, it was a lot easier to hit that, right? And I still feel like it's an achievement, and maybe because I feel like the level of play is higher, right? Or perhaps the way I'm playing is better. But that's a tough thing to tell someone, right? Especially if if someone was um, in the previous rank, like in the previous season was lower and now they rank up and now, you know, we go on this podcast and look at Tom just saying like, you've been handed it, right? Uh, Tough pill to swallow, but I I don't think it's necessarily, I don't have a problem if someone's ranked up because it might actually be a motivator for them to play more, right? I think you just have to have a realization that had the ranks not changed, your progression is still on you kind of of how much time you're putting in. I guess is the way I want to, I want to kind of end that because I, I think you have to be able to understand. I I think for a lot of people understanding, like for a lot of people, there's just like, Oh, there was a certain rank I want to hit. And now that they hit it, they're actually really happy. Right. And I don't want to go against that. Right. Because I think, I think there is something to that to like goal setting and stuff. Um, But you have to make that realization that, you know, uh if you want to continue to improve um probably you know you have to make sure you're putting in that work like for instance i i for one now see gc3 or maybe like high gc2 as the equivalent of the previous gc if that makes sense right that's kind of how i'm looking at it yeah uh so so be happy with the new rank but but uh don't be fooled that uh that uh it's not gonna it's not gonna get even harder to rank up after that I mean, if your goal was to, if your, if your goal was to get champ three and now you're champ three and you're happy, like, I guess, okay. So everything that I've said, and if I've upset somebody, you can feel free to at me on Twitter or DM me or (laughs) flame me or whatever. I'm perfectly fine with that because this is, this is just my opinion. Like Mm -hmm. for my goal for the season, not knowing about the rank change for twos and threes was to get like legitimately into GC. Like I got GC in season 14 Mm -hmm. and then, you know, things changed and I went right back to champ one with the free to play change, Mm -hmm. um, which I was fine with because for me, it's about improvement. Even if I was still GC, I'd still just want to be improving on a consistent basis. Um, and like if if this new season has brought you a rank that you're satisfied with, then more power to you. If you're happy and want to play at that level forever and ever, or you know, you're just I'm if you are happy with that rank, like who am I? I'm just some doof that has a microphone. My opinion doesn't matter. It's just how I feel about it. So if you're happy, good on you. And if you want to continue. Like if you're, uh, if you're mm-hmm. aiming to improve or if that's the goal, you know, I wouldn't necessarily look at the first week of this season as like, oh, I've improved. I'm champ three now. <laughs> like, no, nothing. The, the only thing that's changed is the MMR. Like I'm, I'm champ one div four and I'm 60 points below where I was last season at the same rank. So like, which, which is the guiding factor, what your rank is or what your MMR is? It's just, it's just completely different now. 
there, there's two things I have to say. That the first of it, first of all, first thing I guess, uh, is I remember distinctly when I uh, there's like a rant. Okay, man, uh, I'm gonna mention StarCraft. I'm sorry, I'm gonna mention it. So I mean, uh, you can't get through an hour of something without talking about starcraft well like the meme kind of died for a while and now i'm bringing it back you know relentless Maybe is gone it's from the me. show and i can just do it no but i was gonna say is that i had a goal when i'd started playing the game originally in 2011 shall we say um 2011 2012 i know i know i watched it before but i didn't actually start playing until years later till i had my own lap till i bought my own laptop and bought the game so i had to pay with my own money anyway uh the the uh i remember distinctly that for me it was always a goal to hit diamond right mm-hmm. um and when i re-picked up the game and i kind of got really serious again uh i ended up hitting diamond through like you know i i guess it's some experience but like i just got really serious about the game for almost like a month or two hit diamond and there was this kind of revelation over me of like well I've i've achieved everything i've wanted with this specific game it was kind of funny how 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 it's like a weird thing. And maybe it's because I never had the intention to go any further at that game after, right? Um, it, it was like once I hit that rank, that was like the rank that I had chosen. I was like, I'm good. I don't have to I don't have to take this game seriously anymore. Um, so I'm sure there's some people who have that kind of approach where they're like, there's a certain rank that they want to hit. And perhaps with this reset, they've hit that rank. And now they're like, okay, now I'm just going to play it for fun. You know, and I'm not I'm not going to I'm not. I'm I'm just this is this is now just like I'm just gonna play ranked you know on weekends and and play play with friends for fun um I'm not gonna take it too serious and I think that's totally an approach that is uh viable and um yeah we're we're not all try hard die hards you know <laughs> yeah and uh, I mean yeah. in on one side it pains me to hear that because I always want people to strive for more that because I do and if if somebody's happy like well here, here's my point is like him. i think there are more than just rock like to strive for in life right so um sure if this is one of the things you're striving for i would encourage you that if you've uh if, if you've achieved your goal here make sure you're you're striving for something else shall we say it's good sure. it's good to yes. keep yourself uh busy uh, and striving for excellence in any endeavor um the second thing i want to add and this is kind of a realization and it's maybe inadvertently in in well some words are fun, funny for me here today uh inadvertently because of the fact that there was this rank change is because i am playing with better players like for instance in most of the lobbies that i join i see s1 and s2 grand champs mm-hmm. uh in the lobbies right they have their little logo to show off i actually feel i have now gotten better because for the last week i've only been playing with these higher level players so this kind of weird thing where i definitely feel uh I don't know if imposter syndrome is the right thing. I definitely feel like I'm a little out of my depth in the current rank that I'm at, but because I'm playing with all these players, it seems like it's helping my skill overall. Right. Sure. Um, I, I think I've, uh, I've definitely talked about like, if you ever have friends, not friends who are like way higher rank than you, but friends are just a little bit better than you and you can convince them to get into some of your competitive games. Um, I think is a great way to improve, especially early on, especially, especially early on. I think, I think once you get to that top 5%, there's, there is a realization. Also, by the way, can I just say separately, I'm looking at a, uh, was it a Rocket League tracker network right now? Uh, they're, they're like showing the rank distribution for, for a standard, mm-hmm. right? Like 
some of these distributions, I'm like, if you hit diamond three, like you, you're still like so significantly better than everyone else in the player base. Anyway, um, I digress. Because there, I mean, there are season, there are season fourteen grand champs that can't get out of diamond three now. Yeah, exactly, and they're but they're still like considered. You know, I, I think there was like the meme about the season fourteen grand champs, but like all things considered, they're still some of the best players in this game, right? It just the the reason there's now seven ranks <laughs> is because of the fact that the skill differential between the top 0.01% and the top 1% is vast, vastly different. Totally. Uh, yeah. So train of thought. Um, I was saying something about, yeah. So if you ever have an opportunity to play players with players that are slightly better than you, I think that's really good. I think if you go a little too far up, it might actually be detrimental I mean, it's nice to get like used to that pace of play, but I found that it takes a couple games to like get used to the faster pace of play. And then on top of it, when you go back to solo queuing, that faster pace of play is not in the game. So all the things that you learned there is no longer applicable. You have to like, go back to like understanding, oh no, the three people are going to miss the ball now, you know? <laughs> yeah. So so you have to be careful, I think, once you start hitting diamond uh, with with going too high up because as nice as it is to like realize how good they are at the higher level, if you play with friends that are at the higher level sometimes especially if majority of your rank queues are solo queue when you go back to solo queue you have that skill of going faster but also you may be uh no longer anticipating the play at the at the lower rank if that makes sense yeah i think it's a i think it's applicable you just have to have proper expectation of the the players hmm like you and, can, and it changes you can, every game sometimes, right? <laughs> oh well, yeah. Especially if you're solo queuing, like you know, you you just don't know what you're going to be dealing with when it mm. comes to the people on your team or your opponents. So 100, percent it changes on a game to game basis. And yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. percent Like playing against people that are better than you is awesome. And you have to actually like be willing to pay attention to what's happening in the game to actually learn from it. Like I've been playing with people that are grand champs for four years and I'm like still making the same mistakes that I made then. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, and it makes my stomach upset to like say that out loud and have that realization and the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, I wasn't necessarily making every effort that I could to become a better player. There's another thing I want to say, and this this has to like pertain in kind of this this conversation a little bit and style, right? Um, I I have a feeling that like. You know, we have players like Flakes uh, that like to try to like enforce the slower style of play and whatever. But I think if your goal, especially is ranking up, is adaptability to the rank you are is very, very important. Um, So if you notice some trends, like if you play a couple days, especially if you're playing around the same time and there's a certain trend of like the pace of play, you kind of have to adapt to that pace of play, right? And it can vary from game to game. That's even harder to do. But I think sometimes, like, one of the biggest realizations that I have playing with these, you know, S1, S2 Grand Champs that are in my lobbies now, right, is that 
I don't have a second to breathe a lot of time, right? And so whatever decision I'm making, it's it has to be made significantly faster than the way I used to make it. Um, and so trying to force slower play when you you can't definitely leads to a lot of mistakes, uh, I feel. Like not in the mistakes, you, you lead... Uh, you open up opportunities for the opponent to kind of dunk you and then oh my goodness empty net they score right um another thing is punishing no challenges right the higher up you go i feel like if there's no pressure on the ball these players do way worse things to you (laughs) yes well yeah probably yes definitely um (laughs) i i think that the idea of like there's this is this is difficult for me um because clearly i don't necessarily 100% know what i'm talking about because i am where i'm at and i i think one thing that i can say from like my experiences over the past even month is mm-hmm. that there are people that are gc that don't necessarily quote unquote, like they play faster because they do not commit themselves to something that they don't need to be committed to. Hmm. Like people look fast because they're always in your way. But most of the time, the things that we do in Rocket League are completely worthless. (laughs) Isn't that true? So like, (laughs) you know, like you watch Justin... Or any grant, like any high grand champ or Justin or like a a talented player. And, you know, they just fly across the field with the ball spinny. I call them spinny boys. <laughs> you know, they're just like spinny, spinny, spinny all the way across the field carrying the ball. Right. And like th- it's hard to do anything against that if you don't play against that on a regular basis and then Mm. me fuddling around trying to dribble the ball but just losing it immediately and you're like wait there's spinny boy he just got done carrying the ball across how did he get here so fast but like they don't they challenge the ball when it needs to be challenged they don't challenge the ball when they feel like challenging it like mm-hmm. a, a a diamond player will drive at the ball because he sees. Okay, I'm sorry, diamonds, but like a lower level that's player all he does. Oh, that's all diamonds do. They just drive at the ball. A Wherever lower level, <laughs> a lower level player will drive at the ball because they see the ball and they want to hit the ball. But that the ball in that specific circumstance might not be threatening the net. So you don't necessarily need to drive at it or hit it or challenge it, especially if you're not going to win that challenge and you're not going to make that opponent give up possession. So basically you're just wasting your time and a a higher level player will challenge the ball when they need to challenge the ball or when your attempt with the ball is done so they can get the ball away from you easily. And it's not going to be as much of a challenge for them. I don't even go one step further. And like, this is the weird thing that happens. Right. And why maybe, um, and, and Ty Swoogles, like one, one of our community members was actually mentioning this where he felt like there was a pressure just to play faster in the higher ranks is because I think there's even another level to this is as you get into those higher ranks, all of a sudden you almost feel like you have to pressure right away. And the reason you do it 
is because you have a firm belief that the player behind you, like if the player beats you, whatever your second player that's rotating in is that you're allowing them to have a better challenge, right? And that's the yeah. next level to the first thing that you just said, right? The first thing is people are just pointlessly running into the ball and diamond. The only problem with pointlessly running to the ball and diamond, especially when you miss a lot of it, right? Is that now it's a two on three and it's not like you set up your second rotational player just because that player is not anticipating the fact, uh, you know, that rotation is just not as fast, right? So the the, the pressure that you're, you're in your head, cre- you thought you created, you've actually just created a three on two situation, right? Yeah. While when you get higher in rank, the reason you're allowed to do that and just go recklessly, even if you miss, is because you force that player to do a specific thing and the player at the higher level can predict that, you know, if, if they flick it over you, the player in the, at the higher level is already jumping when the flick is done. You know what I mean? Or like just that second when the flick goes up, they're already jumping and they have the, the, uh, the opportunity to do something with it. Uh, in those lower levels, if you recklessly go into the ball, uh, and you miss completely, it's not like your second player is using that as an opportunity to, to challenge, right? They're probably just going to give the, the other player complete space. Um, and and then, yeah, and then you have a situation where you're just out of position. So uh, I think that's another reason why it almost, like there's the joke that as you go into that really high levels, it almost feels like monkeys, right? In In, in how it happens sometimes. But that's because you start having such clean rotations right and players who see an opportunity to cut and cut immediately to put on that pressure that even if they miss they've done enough to let the second player that's in the rotation do something uh and i think a lot of players when they play in those lower ranks they get really frustrated when they do a challenge that they might see a pro do all the time right and there's like oh my teammates aren't moving my teammates aren't going to it well i'm sorry but you're gonna have to adjust to the pace of play that's in your rank right and if that's playing a little more like ones a little bit you're going to have to play a little more like ones a little bit and have to anticipate what they're going to do at that rank and not what, you know, you're not just going to imagine everyone's going to going to have these perfect rotations, but they're perfectly anticipating the play. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so I ran a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's OK. You said how the pros do it. And I think that, you know, a average player would see a pro challenging a ball and the average player doesn't have the car control that mm-hmm. the that a pro has an average player does not have the car control that a pro player has it doesn't have the understanding of how to like properly challenge like you, uh, and another good word that you used was reckless and mm-hmm. there is even when a pro player is going at the ball it is never i would i would never call it reckless like when a pro player does something, it's extremely purposeful. And it, they're going full speed, but they know exactly, you know, that this challenge, even if the other player beats them, they've somehow helped their team, right? They've yes. somehow put on more pressure and their team might be able to make something of it. Uh, as opposed to when you're in that you're in that lower rank, I'm sorry, but uh, you're probably just going to be challenging every time. And uh, if you ever play ones and you challenge every time uh, and you have no understanding what the other player is doing, you're probably not going to be mechanically good enough to, to, to win some of those games because players are going to start being, being able to predict what you do. Well, um, and so yeah, anyway. all of this, I want to go back to what you said about flakes because like when he says slow things down, like even in his own games, like, 
I wish that some of his VODs existed because when he plays twos, like even in super SSL games, people would hit the ball, give away possession, and then just rush at him. And he could outplay them because he was better than them. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's playing fast because, I mean, for God's sakes, he's a supersonic legend. He's a good player. He's able to play fast. And he's just slowing down the pace of play because there's no reason for him to give up possession of the ball. He would rather take the ball in, beat everybody on the field, and then score a goal. Mm-hmm. And it's just different in twos. You you can't do that as much in threes. But, I mean, 2v2 is like some people would say, you know, two separate games of 1v1 at the same time. Um, but, like, I think super like even in SSL games they're able to slow down because just look at like when pros play supersonic legends, Mm -hmm. even though it's still a higher rank and a much closer than the highest rank used to be when it was just grand champs, there's still a significant difference in between a pro and a supersonic legend. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's something that they can do to like better control the game. And in their mind, what I would call slowing it down than, you know, a, an average player can do. In my like, opinion, mm, in my yeah, opinion. And I would, I would say here, like, if you want to understand how a pro sl- uh, like slows down the play, I have like a feeling that essentially they've predicted exactly what you're about to do. And what ends up happening is you hit it thinking they're about to challenge and no, guess what? They're waiting. And now they can bring out the play slower. <laughs> exactly. Like, that happens a lot. I feel, uh, and that's, that's just, that that's just a little bit of mind games too as well. Um but yeah, I yeah, I think I think we've had a good uh ramble here. Yeah, <laughs> rant a little bit. Give me just one second. Uh, no worries. My dog was chewing on something. I wanted to make sure it was something she should actually be chewing on. Okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess one of the last kind of questions while we're here um, that I wanted to ask you, I'm kind of curious what you think. And I mean, with the new ranks, I mean, maybe it's a little different, but what's the highest rank you think someone can achieve if they're playing this game casually? And what am I mean by casual is that they're playing enough, okay? They're they're playing like the two hours every, you know, let's just say four to four to six times a week, okay? About two hours. They maybe do a little bit of warm up and then they just get into ranked, okay? Mm-hmm. With that kind of approach, what what do you think is the highest rank someone's able to achieve casually? I have no idea. I mean, some mm-hmm. people are just naturally gifted at something like this. In general, know? shall we say, is maybe what I want to guess at. I mean, You're it, like, no, it depends on what they're doing with that time. And again, <laughs> just like their natural tendencies. Some people would just understand this game and be very good at it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and just kind of pick up how to play the game. And then there are people that are like me that don't pay attention to what they're doing or like learn from their mistakes or like adapt to like the situation and don't learn very quickly. Um, and to that point, so, so where this conversation kind of spread from, if I may, sure. Um, yeah. in, in our community, there was a big discussion going on. That doesn't surprise uh, me at all. Uh, about specifically, can anybody hit SSL? Right. Just the um, general, anybody, just anybody. Like if anyone put enough time, would they eventually hit SSL? And I think it's tough to say, but I think like for some people, my answer for that would be no, no. Yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible. And that's tough, right? It's tough to say, but I think, I think that is the reality. Um, and so we're like to that point, it's like, I think a lot of people could probably hit GC one, shall we say GC, um, if they put in that time eventually, I'm pretty confident that a lot of people, you know, given given enough time, could eventually hit uh, that GC. But I think at that SSL point, it's like I don't like at some point that talent portion starts to work up again, right? Um, you know, they they say everything that you do in life is is like what twenty percent talent, eighty percent effort, right? Um, really? And I th- that's some general rule of thumb that someone once said. Okay. Uh, and the idea is that what happens, unfortunately, a lot of times when people start to do, whether it's sport, esports, music, whatever, is a lot of talented people actually quit in the very beginning. Um, sure. Because they don't have that work ethic to, uh, to you know, they might have the 20% talent full, but they don't have the work ethic to continue on. So someone who puts in that 80% of hard work, 80, 80 to 20 goes one way, Okay. So um, that hardworking person can easily outpace that person who is naturally talented at the thing. The difference is once you get to the upper ends of that thing again, right? That's where um, that's where you start having this, you know, notion of talent. And I think you know, esports is a little harder to define than talent than others. Like specifically, sports, athletic endeavors is really easy to see when someone has some natural gifts that are going to help them out a lot more. Okay. If you're playing basketball and you're five foot versus seven foot, uh, you got, listen, there are some natural talents that you can't really overcome, but there, I mean, obviously other things you can do regardless, right? That's, that's kind of the tough, tough reality. Volleyball, right? Height is a big thing. Uh, natural, I guess if the sport specifically, uh, has to do with, um, how your body, right. Some people naturally gain weight a lot more. Some people it's very difficult to gain a lot of weight. And so, you know, if, if they're doing some kind of sport that requires a lot of muscle to build a lot of muscle, it might be a little harder for, uh, for some people to do that. Um, but it works the other way, right? If you need a sport where you have to be more nimble, right? A little smaller. Some people who naturally gain a lot of weight might have to work a lot harder to make sure they don't, uh, by accident gain that weight. So, um, that's where, what I'm saying is, is I kind of feel like what happens at that top, top, top percent is okay. We now have people that have put in the 80% effort, shall we say. And so the talent who, the natural talent then goes into effect again. Right. Uh, is, is my standing theory here from this at least. 
Did you want me to respond to that? Yeah, he responded. Oh. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm ending some of these rants and I'm just like out of breath. I'm like, I listen. I I knew where I was starting. I don't know where I was going, but now that I'm here, uh, I don't know how to transition it. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's just so many factors that get into getting something like Supersonic Legend, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure there are people that just sat down at the game love the game right but then decide to continue on and just naturally get to a point where they're that good Mm -hmm. and i'm sure it happens whether it happens casually i i'm i'm sure that there is a casual supersonic legend out there there just has Mm -hmm. to be i i would put money on that there's just somebody that's like a supersonic legend that enjoys the game but they're not like and it depends on how you define casual like i'm sure there's probably not somebody that's just like oh yeah i play rocket league two three hours a week and i'm supersonic legend like no it takes some investment and effort and energy to be one of the best like supersonic legend is what a half a percent of the population of the game and that's why it's super actually a million people yeah, and that's that's every game. Like you you just don't casually get Radiant in Valorant. You don't just casually get Challenger in League of Legends or whatever the top rank is in League of Legends. Like it takes some understanding. And I guess when I look at casual, I think of it more like they're not working to the bone to get it. You know, it just kind of happens because they continue to put in the effort. They continue to work at it, but it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. something that like, okay, I got to sit down and practice. Like, I don't know. And maybe that is try hard. Um, Is it possible? Sure. But can anybody just sit down a few hours a week and eventually grind their way up to, uh, supersonic legend i don't think so because if that were the case there would be more people (laughs) like everybody hits hits a plateau that they get to and some people that's diamond some people that's gold some people that's champ and eventually it gets to the point where like and and some people that's gc2 or gc3 where they just like naturally get to because they pick something up and it just kind of like in this feedback loop and they work well in that feedback loop, but eventually you hit a wall. And once you hit that wall, it comes up to the individual person, whether they are Mm. able to adapt once they hit that Mm. wall or if they just get stuck there. Hmm. Does that make sense? No, that's a great point. No, no, no. I I really like that. Yeah. I I think, I think mental fortitude is, is something that, uh, is also is also a factor, shall we say, right? Oh well, yeah, yeah. You like, don't get a supersonic do legend without like some some like strength of spirit and mind. Like, I feel like when you have those walls, right? Doing you know practicing things that you didn't want to practice before might be the thing you have to start doing, right? And it's like not everybody is going to be willing to do that, or just practicing in general. Mm, yeah, <laughs> because like, and it also takes the skill of like 
being able to take feedback, being able to look mm-hmm. at yourself critically, being able to like not take things personally, not get offended, like or upset when things don't go your way. Because, you know, to get to a level of supersonic legend, and I mean, even me being where I'm at now, like I can't tell you how many people over the past few times that I've like been in and out of streaming have come into my stream and been like, your podcast has been so great. I like it so much. I'm not saying that patting myself on the back, but Mm -hmm. going on to say like, oh, now I'm GC or I've, you know, I've listened to your podcast a lot and it's helped me so much in ranking up and I just got GC for the first time this season, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, come on, like, oh, what rank are you? (laughs) Oh, I'm still champ one. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, all these people are ranking up, listening to my podcast, but here I am doing the stupid thing. And so obviously there's some disconnect in like what, I understand about humans and how to like do things and what I myself am willing to do. Well, I think, I think this might be something when it comes specifically to podcasts, right? Is you may not realize this, realize this, but a lot of a podcast when it comes to people saying like, Oh, your podcast helped me with this and that is that you're in the business of inspiration, right? I think, I think as a podcast, you're inspiring these people who are probably in that wall or hit that wall. And by listening to you all of a sudden, maybe one of those interviews or, or regularly, they're more or less likely to be stuck in that, like the wall or the, the staircase or the wall, the ladder that they hit, uh, where, where it's no longer going upwards while you on the podcast aren't getting that inspiration. You're, you're just in a deep analysis mode trying to figure out what could be wrong. Right. And I think, uh, it's tough because for some of these people that are probably going into your streams, this is my theory as well. Okay. Like take it with a grain of salt. But uh, for some of the people that are going into these streams, they might be going, Oh, like this guy's awesome. Cause I like every time I listen to the podcast, I'm so much more motivated to train. Right. But if you're doing the podcast, you're not necessarily more motivated to train or to practice. <laughs> Maybe if you listen back to it, I don't know. Well, and I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I want to improve and clearly I've been doing, a suspect job of that. And I think part of that is I've just been working on the wrong things or working on them the wrong way or not Mm -hmm. focusing on the right things. Like there are things that I still can't do that are like fundamentals of the game of Rocket League. And uh, that just quite frankly makes me grumpy and part of it is frustrating because like I look back on the past almost two years of having this podcast that's about ranking up and what have I been doing with myself and like it makes me want to shake myself and at the same time like I just I gotta let go of that and know that I have the things that I want to work on and there's nothing I can do to change the past. And I just got to keep working. And now at least I know what I didn't know then. And so I can keep going, but all that to say that, uh, I don't know what I was saying. Um, no, no, no. It's good. It's good. The one thing I want to add, and this is, I mean, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I think in general, it's a good rule of thumb is, find goals that are not necessarily ranked based 
of things you can achieve in, 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 in a, in a certain amount of time. So if you look back on a month or two, you can say at least this thing I can do now. Right. Um, whether, and that's, that's why like I've, I've kind of had this resurgence of looking into mechanics because even if necess- even if they don't help me in the game in any way, right. In zero way, let's just say I practice double taps, and there are like natural, you know, things getting you know, getting used to reading the ball that I'm sure it helps with. But even if I practice double taps and I'm able to now do a double tap and I never was able to do it before, at least at the end of the month I can say, or then the two months, there's something that took me like three months. I could say, okay, at least there's this new skill that I've learned, right? And I've found that very motivating. Yeah, to keep wanting to practice things is having specific, whether it's like specific mechanics that I can say. Hey, look, I can at least do a flip reset now, right? Um, and that's I I purposely there was a time where I only played ranked and I pretty much didn't practice at all. And just by doing this, um, I had a feeling of, okay, well, at least I've progressed somewhat. At least there's this new thing I can say I can do, right? Um, I'm now using, you know, one of the big practices that I'm practicing now is left and right air roll, right? Um, and I do a very silly way. Essentially, I go into a air dribble pack. It's kind of funny how I started, but it, it, I just naturally started doing this and it's kind of fun. Um, and I do a normal air dribble, right? Normally touching the ball. And then I just started using a left and right air roll and trying to still be able to hit the target with it. And that's sure. I just naturally started doing that. And now I'm like, oh, I can like kind of use the air roll now with a little more precision. I'm pretty happy with that, right? Uh, with the air roll left, air roll right. So I think there are... I think if your goal setting is just is just the rank you're trying to achieve. You have to be careful that that doesn't become the, the crutch that you, you worry about all the time, or sorry, I guess the, uh, the, the secret poison, right. That, that you're so focused on that as opposed to um, having other things you can kind of look back on and say, Hey, I've actually done this. Cause I, I've been champ one for like a year, right? <laughs> like, like essentially a full year I was champ one. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and until I started doing this, we started being like, okay, let me just learn some of these mechanics because it's not like I'm moving anywhere right now um, by just playing ranked or just doing like a little bit of training. So I don't know. I find I find that's very helpful to find little things that you can say, hey, look back on this month. These are things I now do better. Right. I think it's important. And I, I think if your goal is if your goal is based on rank. If a goal is based on rank, then it really depends on how you're going about getting to it's mm-hmm. it's really the method of getting that goal. Because if you're just playing game after game after game, and I'm sure people do it, you can improve just by playing games and you have to improve. You you can't just like play games and Im- I mean I guess you 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 Probably, probably can over time. It's not equivalent to what everyone else is, especially at the higher rank, is improving at the speed of improvement, right? Like the if if you're just playing ranked compared to someone who's putting in time for training and like other specific skills that aren't that include rank but aren't exclusive to rank, they're probably gonna have a better variety of training than you do. Yeah, there was a guy in my stream earlier today who has a thousand hours on Steam and he's GC one. Like I have 4,600 hours and I'm champ one. Like I probably put 2,000 hours into this game in the past two years or less, maybe year and a half. And I'm still champ. Like, so what does that say about me as compared to him? And you I know, want to I was- say something and, and you might think this is silly here, but I actually think this game is one of those games 
where overthinking can actually really be a problem. <laughs> I think sometimes people who just, it's kind of tough to say, but people who've just practiced mechanics and monkey, they at times have a better time ranking up. I don't know if that makes sense. They might have a, a harder wall when they hit that wall, but if they don't hit that wall and happen and they're able to keep up with the pace of play through intuition, and some people are naturally more intuitive than like logical and processing. I think with this specific game, that's so reaction and prediction based they sometimes have an advantage with that um i don't know if that make yeah i think i I think that's reasonable i think part Mm -hmm. of it for me is that um i'm just not necessarily very good at picking up the intricacies of the flow of a game and then Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. like may so I think that I need to practice. So what I practice might be like double taps or mm-hmm. like reading. And I've gotten better at reading the ball off the back wall. I've been getting better at like reading the ball off the side wall. But like I was literally practicing right before we started recording this, mm-hmm. a pack in that's on the main page right now. It's called Golden Platinum or something. It's by A, a Baton 15 or something. And it's for golden plat players. And the first shot is just the ball slowly rolling across, bouncing across the field, and you're supposed to shoot a shot and make it. And that's it. Like So you have to have the timing right because it's coming across to hit it and get it into the goal. And it's kind of bouncing a little bit, so you have to like get your car at the right level too. And I couldn't hit that shot three times in a row. I mean, and I'm champ one. But here's so, the thing, right? Like, I think if you're making that an, like an evaluation of your overall skill, I think that's uh, that's faulty because there are days when I play this game where I can't do anything. <laughs> well, nothing that so, I used to be able to do. So you have to be careful of like going to the training pack being like, oh, it says gold and plat and I can't hit the shot. It's like, Maybe your brain is just that day. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying like, this is the determining factor of golden plat. Like that's not the thing that bothers me. I mean, maybe it does, does a little bit, but at the same time, it's just a basic shot from, I guess it's more like there is a very fundamental thing of being able to line up a shot, shot accuracy. Like Mm -hmm. I've been noticing more and more in my play that I'm getting more shots and I'm, I'm, my positioning is getting better and my placement of my car is getting better that I'm able to take more shots and I cannot execute on those shots. Mm. And even this simple training pack of like the ball rolling across the field and me being able to hit the ball with power at the net or like wherever I wanted to go on this one specific shot, I can't do it. And some, you know like if I was in a game, okay, I might be able to do it. Sorry, I'm going right now. Like yeah, yeah. I might be able to do it in a game. Um, like even if I did it in a game four out of five times, but get me in a training pack and I can't do it five <laughs> times in a row. Like there's a problem with that because that's an inconsistency that exists in my game that allow that keeps me from being as effective as I could be, which is keeping me from ranking up. So like it's, it's finding those. And this is just something now 
you know, I've been doing a podcast for, or I've, I've had a podcast that I've done off and on for a year and a half. That's about ranking up. And this is just the past two days. I've realized that this is a big hole in my game. This is more a critique on myself than anything else, but like I'm vocalizing it since we're talking about it. Like that's, that's kind of silly when I think about like, and that's what's kept me where I'm at my inability or slash unwillingness to like look really critically about the basics or fundamentals of what's keeping me where I'm at and have, have kept me from like getting to where I want to be Mm. in terms of like my rocket league play. Yeah. And I could like sit here and pout and moan and beat myself up and whine and complain and be like, Oh, this game's too hard or this is upsetting. But at the end of the day, like at least now I know. And I, and I say that because I I'm confident that there are people that beat themselves up because they're not good enough or they get frustrated. Mm. They might not like put themselves down, but they might just get frustrated with the game. And just like you said, don't have a goal of like rank. If, if you're not getting what you want out of this game, just take a few minutes and really like look at replays or play a couple games and think to yourself, like, what am I screwing up? And then really deep down, think about what that thing is that you're screwing up and work on that thing. And not only will Rocket League be fun again, because you'll be have like some modicum of instant improvement or like have something to work towards. Like it takes it away. Like it, it's not the immediate, I need to be better now kind of thing, or I'm not improving because that gives you one very specific concept that you can improve on. And mine was as simple as letting the ball roll across the field and then hitting it into the net. I can't do that consistently. And I'm still trying to like really hunker down on what it is that keeps me from that. And it's getting better. And I know that I'm going to go and do it again tomorrow because it's not perfect yet. And I also know that part of it is just not understanding power slide at a 90 degree angle or like tighter angles fast. So that's something else that I'm practicing. And I get better every day. In a week from now or a month from now, I'll be really good at that. And my recoveries will be be better. My touches will be better. My touches will be more consistent. And I'll be able to win games that I wasn't able to win before. And it's just about like the consistent practice of going through that feedback loop and not feeling bad because you lose a game. Games don't matter. (laughs) They just, the games are like a feedback of what you're learning and what you're doing to become better. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, that's perfect. don't yeah. put the emphasis on the games. The games are just like, it's it's like this. Like practicing and replays and training packs are like the homework and lessons that you get every day in school or class. And then the games are the tests and the tests are the feedback. And then if you got an F on the test, then you just have to go back over all your homework and do it again until you can actually do it. Like nobody, nobody does a piano recital without practicing a song for months, 
right? You practice, 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 and then you perform. Yet we sit down at Rocket League and we're going to play game after game after game after game. And that's what we focus on. But we're never giving ourselves any opportunity to like take it to the next level or like to practice a new song for our recital. Yeah, I think there's literally nothing I can add. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. I'm actually going to be, I think that was uh, amazing, Tom. Uh, well, you're amazing. I, I, <laughs> uh, I just put it. I want you to know. I put in the show notes. Uh, just Tom rant. That's that's what the last <laughs> last uh, show note is here for this one. Um, I know you have to get going, so uh, we're actually going to wrap it up here. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of podcast. Uh, quick shout outs um, to uh, yeah to all our patrons who uh, support us. I just just want to throw this in here uh, quickly. Uh, 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 uh cursor jy's paint raz like mopo Tim Chum, uh barker vance thank you all and um i hope i hope all of you have a wonderful week and yeah don't get down on yourselves get some goals keep your spirits high and uh hopefully learn something over this week uh thank you so much for being on the show tom um i know you're streaming a little bit more maybe i'll uh, add your twitch channel uh in the link in the description yeah the, anyone, the, anyone wants to question you on some of the things you've said in the podcast please that would be great i'm really looking at my twitch streams as like office hours so <laughs> i love it i love if, it. if if you ever have questions or just want to chat you know or need some encouragement or whatever please stop by and and talk with me uh i would i would be happy to do that awesome uh yeah without further ado we'll see you all next time thank you again tom and to everyone goodbye